I, I got that on there for this reason. Um, we're going to be talking today again about prayer. We'll stay on prayer until I feel like, when the Lord feels like, you guys are praying like you should. And, but, but the point of it is the tracks we run on. What does that mean by that? No matter how powerful the gospel is, it is no good without tracks. If a church isn't praying, if a Christian isn't a praying Christian, the word of God is profiting you nothing. You're just sitting around waiting on the Lord. And, I, and this is a doctrine that's in the church and it's not from heaven that it, all things are working together for your good and everything that happens, that's a lie from hell. It is not. God is hindered by your lack of prayer. You say, well, he loves me. He does love you. But if you're not praying over your kids, your, your kids are just, they're just loose. Satan's got full reign. He's got full reign. If you're not praying over your family, the devil has full reign. And I'm trying to help you with that thought because, because the church has become very lazy when it comes to spiritual things. So today we're going to talk about prayer and I'm, and I'm going to do my best to, to get you motivated. If you came in a few minutes before service, you notice Barbara and them up here every Sunday from now on, right before soon the second service, there will be prayer. If you want to come in, come in here and pray over the service. We're praying over you. We're praying over you so that you, so that you, you have a better life. We're, we're praying that, he, that God would move on you because he said, without me, you can do nothing. I'm going to quote a few things. Go to Psalm 91 with me in the Bible, Psalm 91. So the, so the sermon today is, is called The Secret Place, The Secret Place. And I want to quote this to you um, from Psalm 91, and we're going to talk about the last days this morning. We're going to talk about the time we're in. Thank you all. Right now, we are in the last days. Even though we don't like it, you're there. Even though we want everything to go the way it's always gone, it isn't. And so rather than us worry and complain about it, We've got changes we must make, and you must face it and realize that you were born in this time, and you're equipped if we will obey God, if we obey God. There is a place, and I said it in prayer just a minute ago, that someone made a statement that when people lived overseas, there was always a nation called America that they could run to and be safe. But now there is no country we can run to. There is no ge geographical place we can go and be safe. So there has to be somewhere we can go when things are not going well, and it's called the secret place of the Most High. Now, now, you, now, all of us in this room, we know this is in here, but I'm going to tell you today, I'm going to show you that you really must learn how to get into the secret place. And, and no matter what's happening around you, we have this promise in our Bible. Now, I'm going to read it to you. I may not read it all. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he's my fortress, he is my God, in him I trust. Surely he shall deliver me and my family from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He will cover us with his feathers, under his wings we will take refuge. His truth, the word of God will be our shield and buckler. We will not be afraid of the terror by night. We're not going to be afraid of the air or the Glock 19 that fires by day. We're not going to be afraid of the pestilence, COVID-19, 2021, whatever they're doing. Monkey stuff, monkey business, monkey whatever. The pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand people may drop dead by my side. There may be 10,000 at my right hand. It isn't coming near me. Only with my eyes am I going to look and see the reward of those wicked people that aren't living right. Because, you, because you've made the Lord your refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil will befall me, nor any plague come nigh my dwelling. He has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. In their hands they bear me up, lest I dash my foot on a stone. I tread on the lion and the cobra, the young lion, the serpent. I trample all of hell under my feet. This is God talking. Because you set your love on me, I will deliver you. I will set you on high. You know my name, you call me, I'll answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver you, I will honor you, and with long life, and you will not die early. And uh, KGB and everybody else, what are they called? They're not KGB in America. Yeah, they are, but they're not, what is it? Uh, uh, um, what's those guys that come to your door and knock on it with? The IRS. They ain't coming to my house. Amen. So we have a place that we can go. Now, I'm going to quote some scriptures to you right now, and I want to talk to you about what's happening in the world for about five minutes. I want you to, I want you to get a, a revelation right now of where we are. If you're watching the news, and, and, and if you're watching the ABC, NBC, you're not watching the news. You're watching Lucifer. Turn it off and go to Epic Times. If you... Look, Write it down. Go to Epic Times. Go, go to a, 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 a constitutional conservative news that is reporting truth. If you're, if you're ignorant, you made the choice. Okay, don't, don't stay ignorant. But, but, uh, I'm, not, but I'm not going, but, but there's something going on in the world right now, and I want you to know what's going on. There are prophets in the land right now, and I'm going to name a few of them. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, Dr. Varallo, Sid Roth, Mario Morello. There are men, and they're all making the same statement. If you've been watching the news, you are aware that Israel right now is now bombing Damascus and Syria. That's in your Bible in Isaiah 17. It is in your Bible. And we are on the verge of, of a massive war between Israel and Iran. And now listen to me. When they get a bomb or right before they get a bomb, they will blow up uh, Elam. They will, they will blow it off the map. When? Personally. I believe before the end of the year. All right, now why am I saying this? Because I want to educate you. Right now, we are in the end of a 49-year Jewish cycle called a Shemitah. The, the Shemitah year ends September the 25th 
on Rosh Hashanah. It ends. That means that there is a good chance the seven-year tribulation begins September 25th. You say, you need to teach us to pray. I'm trying. If I'm wrong, I don't think I'm wrong. You know, I'm I'm not standing here saying, thus says the Lord. I'm just telling you that the Lord showed me and he showed other people. And then Lisa and I had the great joy of going to see uh, Mary Frances Varallo. If you're taking, if you want to write something down, I want you to write Isaiah 17.1. Isaiah 17.1. And that is telling you about um, Damascus being no more. Now, that's a huge city in Syria. And right now, they're, they're bombing the runways. And, and, and this whole uh, um, nuclear mess that our government is paying for. And they've already said that if they get a bomb, they're going to blow up Israel and America. So if you're voting for the morons in Washington, enjoy the bomb. If it or start praying, are y'all out there? You better pray Israel. You better pray Israel does something about it. Now, I personally believe they're going to that, that the end of Iran is soon, and people from Iran. And I'm going to give you the scriptures for this, so you'll know where it is in the Bible. Jeremiah forty nine thirty four through thirty nine. Write it down. That is that is a prophecy in the Bible about the end of Iran, not the whole nation, but the bottom left hand corner of it, where the nuclear uh, sites are, and God has already prophesied the annihilation of them by the Jews. Jeremiah, hold on a minute. We got Jeannie Bowser over here wanting to know. Jeremiah 49, verse 34. That, that's talking about the judgment of Elam, E-L-A-M. Now, now that's a group of people down in, in what used to be Persia is where the nuclear sites are. And that's a geographical location on the map. And we have a prophecy in the Bible about the end of them. Okay, are y'all out there? Because y'all went real quiet on me all of a sudden. You may be writing, I don't know. Maybe you went to McDonald's. I don't know what you'd have to do. All right, then you've got Ezekiel 38, 1 through 29. Okay, Ezekiel 38. Now, I don't know when, I don't know when this will happen. I have an opinion. Now, no, just bear with me, please. There are people who believe that is the last battle. Um, uh, Armageddon, and there are people who believe that is a precursor to, in, in other words, uh, this is this is the this is the battle of Gog and Magog. Gog is a man. Gog is a man that comes out of the far north. Most likely, my opinion, Putin. Most likely, because he rallies Iran and Turkey and the rest of them to come down against Israel. And the Bible says that, God, I'm going to put a hook in your jaw and I'm going to drag you down. Now, if I'm right, I think I am, that is the war that is going to enter, that's going to bring in the Antichrist because the Jewish nation is going to get so sick of war. But God is going to completely annihilate the nations around them. Are you listening? 
What does that have to do with you and me? The world is changing and so is America. We're not going back. If you're looking for the good old days, there's a movie called Happy Days. And you can watch it anytime you want to. But after you turn the TV off, they're gone. Now there is a place called the secret place. And the days of the church are the best. Not everybody in the church. Not everybody in the church. So Dr. Varallo met with Lisa and I and Justin and called us up to um, Indianapolis, Indiana, Columbus, Indiana. And she called pastors up and she got us in there and she just prophesied over all of us. She just ministered to us and, and we just, a bunch of pastors all over America uh, all met in a church up there and she just called us out and ministered to us. And this is what she said. She said, the Lord said, you have three months and, and the church is going to take a hard turn. And if you don't take it. You will not make it. Now, stop for a minute. Does God give us prophets to scare us? No. They give us prophets so we will know what's happening. The world may be ignorant, but we're not ignorant. Now, that means there's a change coming, and God is requiring us to make a turn. All right, now I'm going to see if I can share one more person with you. The other day, to verify this, I went to the Lord and I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then I got a hold of a program by Sid Roth. Listen to me. Sid Roth, Mario Murillo, Jonathan Kahn, Mary Fran, they're all saying the same thing. Now, the Bible teachers, they don't know nothing about it. They're good people. But what we need to shift from the Bible teacher to listening to what the prophet's saying. Now, we don't throw the Bible teacher away. They're just not number one anymore. Now they're number two. Now they kind of shifted. They don't like it because they want to be Bible teachers and just teach you everything. But, they don't, but they're not the ones that are hearing and going, church, change, church, change. Get ready, get ready. Now, it's exciting to live in the day we're in. And some of y'all are going, I don't like it at all. I know. I know all about you. All right. So, so let me explain to you. What is Rosh Hashanah, September 25th? What is, what is it? What is this? It is the Feast of Trumpets. Now, what did, they, what did the Jews do on Rosh Hashanah? They gathered together. They took two silver trumpets and they went... And they went home. Now, here's what I heard a Jew say. That's the dumbest feast we've ever done in our life. I mean, it is like a dumb feast. We get together, we blow a horn, and we go. We know what it means. Now, my opinion, my opinion, the rapture will take place on Rosh Hashanah. This one? Probably not, but maybe. I'm saying that to you because I don't know. You don't either. I wouldn't go, "Uh, let's go have a beer and watch a porn movie and see if it's right. I just think, I don't think I'd be doing that. 
It's just kind of like this would be a time I would like to get in myself right with God. But the, but the issue is something will happen, and in the world, it is going to get worse. Is there a war coming? Yes. Yes. See, we didn't, we, we didn't really believe that Ukraine, but Ukraine's the breadbasket. Is it affecting our economy? Yes. Is our economy going to be affected by this? Yes. Yes. If your faith is in your job, you're messed up. I love you. There's nothing in there. He who dwells in the secret place of your, of your job or your business, there's nothing in there about that. Money is a poor God, great servant, poor God. So, so having said that, then what is, what is Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is the day of judgment. We have... I think four fall feasts yet to be fulfilled. One of them is Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Um, and the last one is, I think, the beginning of, of Jesus' return to the earth, which I think we'll be out of here. I'm going to tell you why I think that. Number one, we're not called to judgment. But, but the problem that I'm looking at right now is our doctrines for the last 50 years have said that we're going to be going along and doing a living life and glory to God. And one day the rapture takes place and the next day all hell breaks loose. All hell's breaking loose and we're still here. I told people this for years and years and years that the modern day teaching on the rapture is that lazy Americans want to escape trouble. He's not pulling you out in the middle of the harvest because you might have a bad day. Okay, I'm going to come over here and pray. Say, I love my pastor. The rest of you repent. Okay. I'm being, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this with fear and trembling. I really am because this is not a yeah sermon. It is. It is, but, but it doesn't appear that way right now, so. All right, Revelation chapter 3, go to Revelation 3. Say, I'm ready. Say, preach it to me. Uh, Thank you, because I'm going to. Revelation chapter 3. All of you people that are in here, I want you to understand, you didn't drop in this morning by accident. God on purpose brought you in this building to hear because he loves you. He loves you. He has a really good plan for you, but he needs some cooperation. So I'm going to talk about the church in America. And when I talk about the church in America, I want you to understand, I think we have the best church in Central Florida. That's an opinion. It's, It's nothing but a personal opinion. But that doesn't mean that everybody sitting in the room right now is where they need to be. Even I am, am still searching my own heart. What do you want out of me? You know, when he starts saying write books, I'm like, ah, do a Bible school. Ah, really? I'm 68. I'll be 68 soon. I was born on Yom Kippur. That makes me special. When I found out that my name, Daryl George Morgan, you didn't know my middle name was George? 
Not George of the jungle, George. George means sower of seed. Morgan means fisher of the sea. Daryl means highly esteemed, sower of seed, fishers of sea, born on Yom Kippur. Good God, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> I was born on purpose. All right, anyway, makes me feel good about myself anyway. Revelation 3. I believe that the American church is the Laodicean church. Now, I don't, I don't mean this church. I mean you, and, you need to know what's happening in the American church, and you need to be aware of that, that there are things going on. It's not God. Okay, now, now listen to this story. Listen to this. Verse 13, 14, to the angel of the church of Laodicea. What does the, what does the word Laodicea mean? It means people making decisions not God. Making decisions without God. It also means run by man, catering to man. Laodicea means we cater to man. That means that there are churches out there right now that are catering to your flesh. They, what do you want to hear? I'll preach that. But, but listen, please forget, not me. You see, a real pastor really cares about the people that are sitting in that room. I, everybody in this room is going to make the rapture. Everybody in this room is going to make heaven. Everybody in this room is going to learn how to pray. And we're going to live victoriously between now and the rapture of the church. Are y'all out there? But you have to let me care enough about you to show you, uh, you don't do this. Okay, this is the modern day church. The, okay, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I, I wish you were one or the other. Why, why is that? Why is that? Because when a person is hot, they know it. And when a person is backslidden, they know it. But when a person is lukewarm, they sit in a church on Sunday morning, listen to a sermon they're not doing, and they're not okay, and they don't know it. Thank God for America, but it has messed us up in one area. He has blessed us more than any nation on this earth. Don't fall in love with your stuff. Fall in love with the God who gave you the stuff. And it's the most, America is the most difficult place on the earth to preach. There is a revival in Iran. A massive revival. The people of Iran right now are praying for Israel to bomb Elam. Elam because they get free. And they said, we want our freedom because we're going to go preach. The, the Christians in, 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 in Iran are on fire. The Christians in China are on fire. The Christians in, in America, if you can get them to church, they have a flicker. Now listen to why he said it. Listen to why he said it. I'm not condemning you. So then because you're lukewarm, Neither hot nor cold. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Literally, the Greek says, you make me sick. You make me sick. The greatest nation on the earth. God's done more for us than any nation on the earth. Amen. Because you say, I'm rich. 
I've got money. I don't need a thing. That's America. I'm not talking about word of life. I'm talking about the, 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 the nation as a whole. What happened during the last pandemic? They didn't even seek God. Who got up in Washington and said, let's pray? And nobody. The, the, our buildings were bombed. They went, we'll build them. We're good. No mention of God. From the pulpits? No. Right now, preachers are scared to death to preach truth because people might leave. Bye. I'm not saying that, a smart Alec. I'm saying I can't, I can't cater to the goat and starve the sheep. There are people in this church, they want God, and I'm going to feed you. I've already found out. I've been doing this 33 years. All goats do is tear fences up. That's all they do. They don't do nothing but tear up fences. They do give good milk. If you can catch one and milk him before he leaves. So if you see a goat leaving, just grab him and say, can we have a little milk before you get it? No, no. Lisa started that. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I have need of nothing. And do you not know? You are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you, buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you'll be rich, white garments that you'll be clothed. White garments is holiness. Are you all ready for a message of holiness? Without holiness, no man will see God. Listen to me. Nobody. You're going to be holy or you're not going. Thank you. You know, I might be a preacher, but I'm also human. I spend time every day making sure I'm okay. (laughs) I am very aware that I have a flesh and an unrenewed mind in some areas, and I spend time with my Bible out and praying in the Holy Ghost because the Bible says, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I found out that when I spend time with God, I don't have a tendency to go flesh. We're going to get into that in a minute. Now look at this one. Okay, hold on. That the nakedness may be revealed and anoint your eyes with salve that you may see as many as I love. I what? Well, I went down to that church and all that preacher did was get up and just rebuke everybody. And then he preached a sermon and it just made me feel bad. <laughs> I just left feeling terrible. <laughs> I love my boy. Even Chase, she's not here today. Her grandfather is on his way out, and she's going up to be with him. But listen, Che will tell you, man, Dad whooped the fire out of us. Yes, I did. It is very necessary for children to have the fire whipped out of them. They come out of their mother's womb screaming for milk, screaming them out of their diaper, and screaming, and you got 18 years to get all that out of them. 
<laughs> I don't have 18 years to get it out of you. I only got like, a, I don't know how much. But a good parent. And God says, chastening is love. I want, if I'm wrong, God, show me. Show me, God, show me. Okay. Okay, now, now let's move on. That's, that's the Laodicean church. Now listen to this statement and don't forget it. Write it down. Write it down. The modern day church says grace overlooks sin. The Bible says grace overcomes sin. This is not a greasy grace church. Listen, if you come in here, we'll give you grace. God will give you grace, for he gives more grace. And then it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, for he gives more grace. That means that we will show you that the grace of God, you can, if you're here right now and you're not born again, you can walk up here at the end of it and be born again instantly, have your sins washed away, and be ready to go to heaven if you die. But listen to me. I'm not in here to get a, a notch in my gun God never sent us to make converts. He sent us to make disciples. That means that when you come back next week, we're going to start working on you with the drugs and the porn. Come on, don't shout me down. We all know it's there. Don't, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Bad attitudes, complaining, hard to get along with Christians. And we're going to go to work on it because God is going to give you grace to come out of that and to live, walk, and talk, and act just like Jesus. And understand, it's a process, but we're not going to leave you the way you are. You have one choice. You have one of two choices when you walk in here. You can run out or you can grow up. You can do one or two. You can't do either one. You, can't, you can only do one of those two. The Lord called me out. That's a lie from hell. Listen, if you felt like leaving, I have to. <laughs> Don't feel bad. <laughs> All right, John 15, 1. Go to John 15, 1. Say amen. amen. Say you're preaching good. Oh, God, I needed to hear that. You know how long I woke up this morning and said, oh, God, help me. Help me, help me with this. Help me with this. I mean, this is like Rad. Listen, listen to what Jesus said, John 15, 1. I'm the vine, you're the branch. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. Now, now listen, listen to me. I, I don't wanna do, I'm not going to do this this morning. There's a book called 23 Minutes in Hell. You should read it. It scared the hell out of me. I don't want to get to hell and go, dang, I was wrong. This is not a video game. Where's the button? Redo. No, no, ain't no button. Thank you. There are people not going to heaven. The America and its state right now is in rebellion against God. The nation is in rebellion against God. I'm not joining not rebelling against God. Jesus says, I'm the way. He's the only way. There ain't no other way. All right, let's finish. Let's go. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Good God. He's either whacking on you with a knife or cutting you out and throwing you in the fire. I mean, this is a lot like a, <laughs> what, what does that mean? That means that there are times when you're going to be in his presence and he's going to cut trash out. I don't want that anymore. We're going to cut that off. We're going to cut that off. The other day I went out to my tomato plants and there wasn't a tomato on it. And I went back and I looked at the video and I said, why is my tomato plants? He said, you're going to have to whack some branches off. The branches are eating all the stuff the tomatoes should be getting. And I went out there and went, no, wacky, 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 wacky. And I said, this feels like pastoring. (laughs) Amen. Say amen. Glory to God. You are already clean because of the word I spoke to you. Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I'm the vine, you're the branch, he abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Let's talk about this now for a minute. Let's go. Nothing you do all week outside of your obedience to God is producing anything. Nothing. Some of you work six days a week. Some of you work seven. You know what you're producing? Nothing. You're a hamster running, going nowhere, and not even producing electricity. You're not doing anything. One way to be born again, Jesus. One way to have victory, Jesus. A Christian who's not fellowshipping the relationship is producing nothing and going nowhere. And within one year, the prophets have said, you will be destroyed. That's a heavy word. That's a powerful word. It's not just one or two. I mean, it's, it's every single one of them. You can't, you can ignore one. But when I mean, when the ones that are nailing it down are saying it, well, you have to back up and go, Wow, even Jesus said it. There's a, there's a problem in the church today that, that we have decided that if we come to church and sit and listen, we're Christians. You're not. That's not Christianity. Only to the degree you know the Lord. Are you safe? In in other words, if you don't learn now how to get in the secret place, it won't be well. Now, I'm going to read another scripture to you in a minute, and I'm going to show you something. Now, you stop screaming and hollering. Maybe you're thinking. Maybe you're thinking. Go, 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 go to um, John 6. Just go to the left. And go to John 6. Say, I'm ready. Start verse 22. On the following day, when the people were standing on the other side of the sea, they saw there was no boat there except the one the disciples got in. 
And Jesus had not entered the boat. In other words, he walked across the sea that night. He went out and walked across the sea. They, that's kind of like not normal for people, but he did it. And his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. And the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there. And his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? Well, I walked. (laughs) And Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate loaves. Now, let's stop. Why are you following him? Because he feeds you? Because he feeds you? What are you going to do when things get tough? You're going to quit. Make up your mind now. Make it up now. Now, let me talk to you about pastoring today. People come in this church and they make statements like this. We want to see a miracle. Why? Listen. listen. (laughs) Give us today our daily bread. He will, my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches. He's already told you he'll meet your needs. He's already told you he'll feed you. He's already told you he'll take care of you. So the average church member in today, the problem with the American church is we're seeking food. We're seeking the money for the house, money for the car, money for the insurance, and money for the hamburger. We're seeking, and then we're coming to church seeing if God can give us a little bit more bread. That's why people come to church. Meet all of my need. What about me? What about me? What about me? And then they come along and they say, we want to see a miracle. We want, why, if you've been saved for 15 years, do you want to see a miracle? I'm going to get it quiet here. Let's just get. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a 100% guarantee, 100% guarantee, I will show you how to see the greatest miracle that ever happened on the planet within the next seven days, and you will see it. When you leave today, won't you go find one of your friends and bring them to church? And then when they give the altar call, come up with them and watch them get born again. Miracle number two, watch them get filled with the Holy Ghost. Miracle number three, bring them back. Well, well, this is not a Mario. Listen, you, y'all are not sinners. You're, I'm not evangelizing you. You don't need a miracle. You need to be a miracle. Yeah. Quit, quit asking me to pull something out of the sky so your 25-year-old lazy backside can see a miracle. Why don't you be a miracle? Why don't you go? The greatest miracle that ever happened on the earth was a man being born again. And you can see it any, just come up here and sit here and go, I want to see a miracle. But it happens way more often when you bring them. Which is one of the things that the Lord is talking about when he talks about lukewarm. Because you've been saved for years. Help me, Jesus. So I'm going to tell you how I started. I'm going to tell you a story. Some of you will love it. Some of you won't. Sorry. 
Did you know I used to be introvert? I know you don't believe that, but that's okay. I'll come over here. I don't talk to people. I was afraid. See, some of y'all go, hey, you know, it's just not my gig to talk to people about the Lord. That's just not my calling. That's not my gift. That's not my gift. Really? Loving people is not your gift. That's pretty big. Loving God is not your gig. So I'm working at CertainTeed. God got me a job. Born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, love Jesus. And one day the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to talk to Lonnie about Jesus. A boy at work named Lonnie. And Lonnie comes up to me and says, have you ever seen the 700 Club? Do you know what I said to Lonnie? Nothing. Because I, he might ask me a question and I don't know. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm shy. Anyway, I'm, I'm shy. So the next day, Lonnie approaches me again and says, what do you think about this? And, and he's talking to me about church. You know what I said? Nothing. Third day, I get to work. Buck, my boss, comes out and says, we're all about to go load trucks. She said, guys, Lonnie will not be with us today. Lonnie put a 303 in his mouth and blew his brains out last night. I wept my guts out. God asked me to help him. And I wasn't called. I didn't know. I found me a place. And I got on my face. I said, so help me, God. You'll never send another man to me again. But I will pray and do everything I can to talk to him about Jesus. I'll get over being shy. How many people are in hell because of the church? He died for you. He raised you from the dead. He set you on high. And we're so busy seeking bread. The world will go to hell around us and nobody cares. And then you come to church and want me to make a miracle. It'd be a miracle if I get you to grow up. That'd be a miracle. That's strong. I know I'm being strong. That day, I made a vow to God. You understand? You know how much Bible I know? Nothing. I said, I'll find out. And I went home and I got my Bible out and I started praying, God, help me. If a Lonnie ever crosses my path, everywhere I have worked on this planet, I have led the men and the women I worked with to the Lord. That's my field. I'm not working there to make a dollar. Sure, I'm making money. Thank God I'm making money. There's people around you. There's people around us. You want to see a miracle? Get them saved. It's a strong word. If the church doesn't do it, it'll not get done. And guess what? We're that generation. Yeah. You can't check out. Yeah. Say there's a turn coming. God is going to turn his church back to himself. Yes. Yeah. To intimacy with God. Yeah. 
I am aware that everywhere that I am, where I am right now, I am where I am because of Jesus. Your college, which you spend money and time, did most of you no good. And 30 years later, you still can't lead nobody to the Lord. Sad, sad, sad. Teach your children the word and teach them to pray. That's an assignment, no condemnation. No condemnation. If you're not, if you came in and you're not there, say amen. Amen. Do like I did with Lonnie. Get on your, if you come up, you're not coming up to get saved, come up, get on your face and go no more. God has no other feet than your feet. He has no other hands in your hands. He has no other eyes in your eyes. He has no other ears in your ears. And if you're not obeying God, then the gospel's not being preached. Does that mean you have to do turn and burn, knock on doors like a Jehovah Witness? No. That means you and I meet people every single day, and they walk up and they go, my kids' lives are, they're, they're driving me nuts. They're asking you to share Jesus with them. They're asking you to open a Bible and go, can I help you? And may I pray with you? And then pray with them and say, by the way, do you know the Lord? 99% of the time they'll go, well, you know, I've had people walk up and go, I go to church and I go, that's good. That's, that's, maybe not. Depends on where you go. I've had hundreds of people, hundreds to stop. How are you doing? I'm not real good. Do you know the Lord? Well, I believe in God. So does Satan. They don't know. Nobody told them. They go to church all their life. And not one, not one time does this man up there give an altar call and give them a chance to get saved. He don't want to offend you. Let you go to hell, that's fine, but he don't want to offend you. Uh, something wrong with that. We are charismatic. We are Pentecostal. The Pentecostal church in America is backslidden. They wanted to be like everyone else, and they lost the power. Anybody in here ready to get the old power back? That means that you're going to have some, it means you're going to put the kingdom first. You're going to put the kingdom first. You're going to put time with God first, and you're going to you're going to get your mask on first. Then after that, you're going to come in and pray with us, and you're going to get church on time, and you're going to come pray with us, and then you're going to start praying over people that you know. The people that I worked with, and I worked construction, and I worked with Weber and Tucker. And I told you this, I was on an all-black crew. I love black people. They just have more pigment than me. That means I have to go to the beach, and they don't. That's what that means. But I got to hang around these guys, and we, we had concrete blocks, and we all had lunch every day. Well, they asked me questions. And I can't tell you the questions they asked me because we're in church, and you have virgin ears, and you can't handle it. And I'd always answer them with the word. And many of them prayed with me and got saved. 
It may it took some of them. It took six months to come. It took three years. One of the ones that I told you about many times, Omar Walker. They walked up to me and said, "What do you have? What do you have that I don't have?" You and I said, "I thought he was joking." They're always they're always messing around. Black people, they 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 they're always always messing around with each other. They always. They're not like white people. They're always messing with each other. They do, they do. You know that. I thought he's just messing with me. And he said, no, I'm, I'm very serious. He said, we give you a very hard time. That's not what he said, but I'm going to. And you don't rattle. I said, no, I don't. He said, I want what you have. I said, oh, you want to get right? He said, I am. He said, I see something in you, and I want it. Now, folks, that's the gospel. Prayed with him right there, got him back in fellowship, invited him to dinner that night. He said, I ain't coming to Popka at night. <laughs> I said, Omar, this is a new day. They went, you're, you're fine. Got him over to our house. Lisa and I fed him dinner, got him filled with the Holy Ghost, went back and started a church in Claremont. Former um, Black um, Black Panther pastoring, speaking in tongues and pastoring. He didn't get saved in church. I saved at work on a concrete block. The people I worked with in Tulsa, I saved in the office. Most people don't get saved in church. I kind of miss... Heathens. That's why when some of y'all walk in, I go, glory. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I, I, I learned it from Omar. I have to mess with y'all. Luke 10. Go to Luke 10. Is this all right? Father God, I'm just going to pray for you a minute. Father God, I pray right now. And everybody in the sound of my voice hears what the Spirit is saying to the churches. What you're saying to us right now. We live in this time. In this, we live in this time. I pray, Father God, every one of us would learn to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. John 10, 30, 38. Luke 10, 38. Luke 10, 38. It happened as they went and he entered a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him to her house. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. And Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to serve all by myself. There's so much to be done every day. I got housework, I got dishes, I got laundry, I got food to cook, I got kids, I got a full-time job. Are you out of your ever-loving mind? You're coming in here and telling me that I've got to take time and get off and pray. When am I going to find time to get off and pray? You're going to steal it. You're going to steal it from the dishes, and you're going to steal it from Facebook, and you're going to steal it from Twitter, and you're going to steal it from the world that is constantly trying to get you out of the will of God and to go do something that is not producing any fruit in your life at all. 
There's one need in the church right now. This is it. This is the biggest, this is the biggest need in the American church. Spending time in, listen, I can't read the whole Bible to you on Sunday. And there's a lot of scriptures in there. You need to read them because I don't, I don't want to keep preaching messages like this. I want, I want you to like me. I want to preach rah, rah, re, kick him in the knee, rah, rah, ras, kick him in the other knee. I want you to like me. I don't know where that came from. That's <laughs> I guess we might have to go home in a minute. We, uh, I can't believe he said that. I learned that from Che. I learned that's a cheer from Dayland High School or someplace. Good luck. Che's not here. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm throwing her under the bus. She should be here. All right. L- look at this. Lord, don't you care? Thank God, don't you care? She's left me. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about a whole lot of stuff. But there is only one thing needed. If I had one request out of you today, this is it. Get to know your father. At some point, I can't keep petting you. You come and you go, well, you know, I'm fixing to get married, and I don't know whether it's God or not. Well, why don't you know? Good God Almighty, you've been saved 25 years. Why don't you know? Listen, I'm not going to get off and do all your praying for you. Get a hold of God. You are designed to walk with God. You are designed to walk with God. You don't need someone else telling you the will of God. You don't need a word from Mary Fran. Get it yourself. This is pretty strong. I know it. I know it is. Now, if you came in here and you're a baby, we'll pray for you. But if you're not a baby, I ain't praying for you. You get someone else, you can fall on the carpet and scream and holler and do whatever you want to. You, you'll go down sick, you're getting up sick. Till yeah. you get in there and spend time with your father and have him talk to you a little bit about your life. God knows I'd love to make it another way. But there's a scripture in Hebrews. It says, um, he that comes to God must believe he is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek God. There's, that's, that whole mindset is missing from our churches. Diligently, every prayer I've ever had from God, with exception of a few, took a while. When I, I'm, I'm just going to, where am I for time? Oh, I hate that clock. I got two minutes. Two minutes, the Baptist will be headed for the restaurant. But you see, you see, when I married Lisa, I knew that 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 I knew I got to call God. You know what I did every day? I went to work. I laid block. I hated my job. Because I got a call of God. I, I'm miserable. And I'd come home and then I'd work out with weights because she wanted me to be buff. 
something happened to her faith in the middle of that anyway. She kind of lost. <laughs> then I would get out and I'd run three miles and I'd come home and I'd take a shower and I'd eat dinner and I would go into Josh's bedroom and I'd get on my face and I would pray. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Amen. And one day the Lord said, take that church. Honey, I wished I could tell you I went to God in five minutes. I, I wished I could have got Mary Fran. Where do you want me to go, Mary Fran? Give me word. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a secret. God don't play that game. If you don't seek him, he will leave you alone. And you're on your own. That's pretty, that's pretty heavy. Hebrews 12. I'm closing. I promise. This is the first of 27 closings. Not really. It's the first. It's the last. But I was going to read one thing to you. The Lord showed me. And anyway, I got to. I got to top it all off. Anyway. Say, I love, Pastor. <laughs> I don't know if I'm convinced, but that sounded pretty good. If you're a visitor here today, I love you. We'd love for you to come back. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we have are surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight, not sin, everything that's keeping you from going on. Are you listening? There's a lot of junk in your life. It isn't sin, it isn't wrong. But you can't go on with God. It's in your way. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race set before you. You know, very soon we're going to see Jesus. Very soon. Looking unto Jesus, the author, he started it, and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, sat down to the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And have you not resisted bloodshed, striving against sin? I'm going to say something to you about Christianity. This is one of the biggest lies that ever hit the church. That Jesus came to make converts. He did not. May the 3rd, was it 86, Lisa, you and I got married? That's the day we got married. But we're still married. Marriage is not a date in the past. It's a date every day. If your Christianity has not produced in you a daily walk, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge your Christianity. I don't walk in here and go, Lisa, yeah, we're married. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't seen her this week, but yeah, I texted her. She's doing fine. I don't, I don't know where she is, but that's called a stupid man. That's stupid. If you look at me and go, I'm a Christian and I don't believe I am, you're a stupid Christian or maybe not. If it isn't changing you, you might want to find an altar someplace. I'm not talking about you being perfect. Is this, okay, I'm going to duck and hide. Alex, get me out of here in a minute. Alive. <laughs> now, he talks about the chasing of the Lord, and what that means is that when you screw up, God will say something to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like he's doing right now. Yeah. 
And I'm trying to make enough. <laughs> uh, glory to God. All right, look at this scripture. Strengthen the hands which hang down. Verse 12. And the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet. That the lame may be dislocated, but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Without which you will not see God. You will not see God. This lukewarm, half-baked mess we call Christianity in America, it didn't come out of the Bible. He paid a high price. He shed his blood for you so you wouldn't go to hell. Paid your debt. Gave you life. I'm going to tell you something right now. He, I love, he is mine and I'm him. Listen, it's not a burden for me to spend time with God. If the God I can't serve can't pay my bills, he's not God. My job on this earth is not to make bread. My job on this earth is to walk with God. I believe this is what Mary Friend said to us. There's a turn coming. There's a turn coming. I believe that something's going to happen in the earth and people are going to go, oh, shoot. We need to get right with God. Amen. I'm going to say something to you all right now. I, I, I thank you. you. You're so gracious to let me preach. This is a strong sermon. This is a strong sermon. I've had times in my life where I cooled off. I got time. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah, 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 I'm not doing that. I've had, I've had times when I'm like, ah, not another Sunday. Oh God, not another guest speaker. That's a reflection of my heart. And the Lord started dealing with me. You're cooling off. And I'm like, ah, I'm tired. No, you're not. And I had to go back and spend some time with God, get my Bible out. Now, when you get your Bible out and you spend time alone with him, that fragrance from heaven permeates your soul. And you love church. And you love sharing Jesus. If you've lost your joy, I'm preaching at you. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to ask you for your sake. I'm not asking you to run up here and cry. Slink's not. I am asking you, every one of us in this room, to think about the day we're living in and what does it mean when we dwell in the secret place. You can leave in a minute and go home, go back wherever you're going, whatever you're going to do. And you're the only one that knows what you're doing in your private time. But I'm going to say something to you. If you want, if, don't worry about being in church more unless your heart's in it, but your heart must be in it. If your heart's not here, you're not right with God. You're not in fellowship with God if you're out of fellowship with people. You're not. It's, that's tough. There are people I don't like them. And I pray for them until I fall in love with them. And a couple of them are my neighbors. They're going to hell. They are. They're going to hell. And when he comes over and he's being mean, I go, Father... Help him out. And I pray until my heart gets right. Father God, he's mean as the devil. 
but he's going to hell, and I'm going to ask you, send someone across his path. And, I, and I'm going to pour love all over this man. I'm going to pour love on my back door neighbor. I'm pouring, if you're mean to me, that's, that's one good. You know I'll pray for you. I want to pray with you right now, and then I'm going to turn this over to Lisa. I want you to pray this with me, say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the word. You touched me today. I am a person who needs to spend more time with you. I am a person who needs to care about the people around me. I need you to help me. You said I can do it. That means I can. Today, I'm listening to you. I'm not under condemnation because you love me, but I am listening. I will make the change. I'll be ready when you return. I'll be ready for the turn. Lord Jesus, you're my bread. You're more important to me than anything on this planet. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over this church. I pray over everybody that walked in here today. That they leave clean, full of God. They, whatever they need to do. But I pray that we stirred our hearts up. Father, Mary Fran stirred my heart up. Jonathan Kahn stirred my heart up. Mario Murillo stirred my heart up. You begin stirring our hearts. Stirring mine up. And I'm beginning to watch what's happening in the world. And I know that it's not getting better. But as of me and my house, I will make time every day of my life to crawl up into the secret place. And I'll hear from you. And, and I'll put, and my faith comes out of fellowship. My faith comes out of fellowship. And I'll fellowship with this relationship. And, I, and, and I'll make sure that I'm staying tight with you. If there's anybody in here today that has gotten away from God and they've gotten out in sin, Father, I'm asking you to draw them up here, clean them up, bury that sin in the furthest depths of the world, of the earth, in the sea, and I pray they walk out clean. And I pray, I thank you for this church. I thank you for pastors all over America now. I pray that pastors will get back in their pulpits again and begin preaching because the people need shepherds. They need shepherds, Father. They need shepherds who care, not water down the word. I give you, Father, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you glory. You said, I'll never leave you. Thank you. You said, he who dwells in a secret place will abide under the shadow. You said, no weapon formed against us will prosper. You said a thousand fall at our side and ten thousand right and not coming near us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That I have a place I can go. I have a place I can run into. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. 
and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.